call is now being recorded. We are SC Podcast Recruiting Edition. Gary Pasquitz joined by Randy Taylor. And uh, Randy, uh, we are getting into a real interesting time of the year. And uh, the Trojans coming off a big win over UCLA on Saturday, but then followed that up with uh, a pleasant surprise with with a big-time verbal commit at a position that's always of need in terms of uh, interior defensive tackle. You and I had talked about Trevor Trout earlier in the year. I know he's a guy you like, but getting that commitment from him right yeah. now, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I just uh, – to me, defensive tackles, uh, you just take as many as you can get if, if they're talented players, and, and Trout is one of those guys. and. And uh just like I said before, like it was fun to watch him play. You know, he's, he's kind of manhandles kids. And, and uh, you know, it's probably some of them are kids. But uh he's just a strong, disruptive, physical kid that moves well. And and so you just put him in the middle and, and uh with, some you know, some of these other guys that, that they uh, they have and will have, it's just going to be fun to watch a kid like that. You add them to, uh, you know, the, the what's the name from uh, De La Salle, Thule. I, I mm-hmm. try not to do his last name. But, Let's uh, do Liga Sonoa. <laughs> there you go. You've been practicing. You know, those two guys are studs, and and it's going to be tough to, to run on those guys. They'll be able to get a push up the middle, and, and they're still going for deep tackles. So uh, I think that Trout's a great one to get, uh, and he's, you know, he's from, uh, you know, St. Louis and just, Gives more national attention to the to the program, not that SC needs it, but it just is uh, checks a lot of different boxes. I, I, I think, Randy, when you look at it, what's really impressing me with these last two classes, you, you you've got the foundation set with uh, Marlon Tuipiloto, Brandon tu, Brent, you know Brandon Peely, and then Jay Tufele. And then you back it up with these two so far. Um, and you know this as well as anybody. Defensive tackles don't grow on trees in, in, on the West Coast like they do down in the Southeast. Um, we, we, we will occasionally get the big-time defensive tackle, but it's not something that you're just known for on the West Coast. The, the, these five guys, Randy, this seems like a unique group to me uh, in terms of size, athleticism, and talent. Glad to see them lining up for the Trojans right now. Yeah, there's there's no question about it. The, and you're right that you can get a lot of skilled kids here, you know. And, and it's it's still better than than other places you can go recruit where uh, they they don't have a lot of uh, big kids at all uh, to recruit to. And, and there are some kids in in this state, but USC has the name to be able to go to Utah and, and get Tufeli and get Pill and Oregon and has that national uh, recognition and be able to get Trout uh, from from St. Louis and they're, you know, they're still recruiting uh, Tommy Togiai, uh, if I said that right, from Pocatello, right. Idaho. And, right. you know, so they're, they've got uh, kids out there that, that recognize USC and, and, uh, and can come and play and uh, really make, this team uh, better and better every year because you just can't have too many good defensive linemen. Okay, but before, I want to get into these numbers here in a minute. Uh, but before we do, I, I, I want to give, give a quick thought on Kenechi Udezi. Um, and what this says, the two classes he's brought in the last two years, really in his first full two years as a recruiting, recruiting guy for the D-line as a coach, what does this say about his recruiting chops, Randy, when a guy is able to go through and land this type of talent in his first two years? 
Well, I think it starts with the kind of a human being he is. And I think he's a, a guy that I really enjoy and, and he's a trustworthy kind of guy. He's, he's one of those guys that you, you just have faith in. And so that, that's to me is, is kind of a start. And, and then he's done things at a high level, played at a high level, uh, you know, in the, in college and in the NFL. Uh, he's just has all of the tools. He's very personable. He can build relationships easy. I, I, I might have told you the story that I hadn't seen him in years. Uh, and, and it was like last summer, spring, uh, I run into him and he remembers my name and he remembers, you know, how he met me and, and, and those kind of things. And he just has all of those gifts. You know, this is a guy that, that, that could be a, a head coach if he wanted to down the road. Because he's got all of the tools, uh, and and I think I've watched some coach too. And you know what he has? He has he can relate to kids. He's still young enough. He can relate to them. Uh, he loves it and has passion for it. And I, and it, I think those kids see it. So all of that stuff tied together makes Kenechi a, a tremendous asset as a uh, as a as a part of a staff and uh, as a recruiter. So I, I think it'd just be you'll get uh, all the really good D linemen that you want to get. Yeah, I can't imagine him having gotten off to a better start in his first two years. Okay, what I would like to do is start looking at some of these numbers, Randy, in, in terms you mentioned uh, you got the two guys right now with, with Trout and Thule and, and the thought about trying to go at least one more. Um, there are not. It's not going to be a big scholarship number class. There, there's 13 seniors going to, that are going to be moving on, and then you figure through attrition, early entry to the draft. Um, I'm guessing the number is going to be somewhere 18, 19, 20 in, in, in that range. Um, do you see going three uh, interior defensive linemen? Um, I find it hard to justify a fourth. Um, when you start talking guys like Toji, i.e. Uh, Tyreek Smith, where do you end up looking at him? Um, how do you see those numbers shaking out? Well, I think some of it depends on how they feel about the kids they have on campus, too. And and so the, the 2017 class, I think they signed 22 kids and a couple of defensive ends and three D tackles and, and you know, they four offensive linemen. You go through those numbers, uh, and, and then you, you look at who their redshirt guys were, who their other sophomores are. And so you kind of have to look there, too, to see what, mm-hmm. what you want as numbers. But I – in my mind, you never pass up an elite defensive tackle or a corner. I think those are the two positions that are the hardest to get and uh, uh, and you need the most of, uh, especially the D-line because of the rotating those kids in and, and being able to use two uh, rotations or, you know, two groups because it just wears the offense up. The offense can't wear down a defense if you have rotating linemen. That, that's – so so important and, and at a high level. So that's how, what I would always think. And then part of it is your numbers. Part of it is uh, the other positions too. You know, do you need another running back in in 2018? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or do you mm-hmm. take the one kid that's kind of an athlete? And if you get the, the another kid, we're going to talk about in a little bit. The, the kid Allen from Tulare Union uh, come out of nowhere, uh, and not for too many people, but on the on the scene of everyone talking about it, college coaches mm-hmm. have known about the kid as a a, a track fast 
kid and, and have some quickness. So all of it depends on your board. So so these guys are sitting in their staff meeting room and they've got their recruiting board up and they started out saying, okay, we have this number of scholarships. Because they, they pretty much have already known for quite a while there could be a, a scholarship either way, uh, good or bad, depending on a transfer or or, you know, whatever the, the numbers might work out. I didn't see any JC kids, uh, but there are some mid-year guys that you can count back to. Mm-hmm. So some of that still, you know, Sears and some of those kids who came in early, you may be able to count those kids back to the last class. So all of that stuff has you uh, have a board with how many guys you're going to take at a position, you know, whether you're going to take one quarterback every year one or two running backs or three O linemen or whatever your numbers are that come out to that, let's just call it 20. Mm-hmm. And and that's what you you work off of. Uh, and then as things happen, if you take that third D lineman, the D tackle, uh, along with, you know, you still got a couple of defensive ends and, and things like that, but you take those three defensive tackles, you may say, you know what, we don't need another tight end. We can get, we take the one good tight end, uh, we had two really good ones last year, or maybe mm-hmm. we don't recruit a tight end this year. You know, when they lost McDonald, maybe that's not a, a terrible thing for him, even though I always think he's more of a receiver. So you start just playing with those numbers in that room, and you have your whole staff in there, and, and you know, the head coach is going to go around and say, okay, Kinechi, who can you, uh, what can you do without, or who do you need? And same thing with the old line and the running backs and the DBs. And you kind of come up, you just, you know, and then the head coach is a 51 percenter on, you know, I think we need to do this. So I think they have a great plan. Most staffs do. They're worth their salt uh, and know their numbers. So uh, it's all been thought out well in advance. But but certain positions, you, you always take a kid. That's a, that's a game changer. And D tackles and corners are. I, uh, I I think this staff, to be honest, Randy, is one of the better ones that I've seen in terms of um, being proactive, not being caught off guard by the ebbs and flows of recruiting. Um, just if you look alone by the way that they have managed the last two signing days, uh, I, I think that's proof of that, 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 that they know how to manage those numbers, not get caught behind, have good plan Bs if a plan A doesn't work out. Um, and I think they've managed it the last couple of years with when, when they get verbal commits from those kids and it's they're going to go in their direction. They communicate well with those kids and let them know in time that they are able to find another home. Um, I right. think they manage that part of the process very well. Yeah, and that's important. What you just said is really important too. If you're, you know, you, you care about these kids and the, and the reason that you're in this business is to to be involved with these young men. Uh, you want to give them that opportunity to move on. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you're not one of those staffs that is holding on to a kid uh, until late so so he can't go and play against you. You know, I mean, there's guys in this world that do those kind of things. Right, right. And so that's not this, No, and this is a good group of guys uh, that that I've been able to get to know that, that don't have that in them. That, you know, right. they're about the kids and they're about, you know, all, all of that is, is uh, really, really a positive thing. So... Uh, I, I think guys like, uh, you know, a, a Tyreek Smith, who's kind of that uh, a, a Nowusu type of a, a player, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's just a, a really good player. And and right now it looks like there's two, uh, let's see, uh, what, 
no defensive ends really that are committed, right? There's some linebackers, and right. so he might be another guy. But well, you've got the uh, the kid from out in uh, that, that we talked about, the kid from Oaks Christian. Sure, uh, that's Oak. kind of that player as a defensive end edge guy. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, so you know these guys, they're just getting guys that fit their system, and they'll play with the numbers uh, until you know they, they fill up, and and even still. I believe, and I said this last time, you always recruit everybody, right? Because the, the commitments and all those kind of things that that change know. so often. Yeah, with with Chase, you know, we're going to talk about Chase Williams next. He's a guy that was committed, and and now you know may have uh, uh, there might be an opportunity, and and he's at a position uh, corner that in wide receiver, but really has an upside as a corner. Uh, to be one of those guys that you never pass on. And, and, and let's go ahead and yeah, let's segue right into him because you mentioned defensive tackles and corners and, and he was a late add to the official visit list. And, and, and when we saw him at the beginning of this recruiting cycle, yeah, he was known primarily as a wide receiver. Last spring we started to see him more and more lining up on the defensive side of the ball and okay, interesting. See, let's see how that goes. And he commits to Nebraska, but then who, who knows where that is at right now with the word commit. So you, you, you said you're liking him a lot at corner. What, what do you like about Chase Williams as a corner? Well, he's such a natural kid. Um, he's a natural receiver. He's a natural defensive back. I mean, he has the feet and the hips and all those things, and he's got some length. Uh, but what it really kind of stands out to him is how good a football player he is. He does a great job of breaking on the football. He's got ball skills and, and all those things. He's an instinctual kid that, that seems to understand. He reads and reacts and he sees everything and makes plays on things that a lot of other guys that may have great physical tools don't do. And he's a guy that could play free safety. He could play and he's going to get, you know, a bigger, stronger, faster. And he's about mm-hmm. a six-one-ish kid, 190 pounds. He can, you know, he's gotten bigger since last year. Uh, I'm sure he's gotten a little faster. You know, he, he's not a track-fast kid, but he runs well enough. And, and in a good program, he'll be much faster as as he goes through. So he is just a talented, good football player, and has the size that these days you really want in your corners because of all of the bigger receivers and, and all that stuff. So, and he's a versatile kid. You, those kind of guys, it's like that we talked about tight ends. Some of those guys you take and you figure it out. Chase Williams is one of those guys. You know, he's he's an athlete, but I think he has a great upside as a corner. And, and Clay Helton talks about that all the time, the, the guys who are versatile enough, and SC certainly has enough of them on the roster already. Um, yeah. Guys who can flip around like that, but uh, – Interesting to hear you say that on Williams. He definitely fits the mold of a guy they come in on, they keep an eye on him all year long, and, and then make a stronger move here at the end of your senior year. Boy, it sure seems like a familiar pattern uh, for him to possibly end up here. Let's talk about another yeah. late offer, Randy, uh, one one that came in yesterday. Uh, and interestingly enough, it was an offer to the running back, like you say, the kid out of Tulare Union, Allen, Casimir Allen. Um, and it comes on the heels of with Michael Salahuddin being here. Um and so that's what people are finding interesting. How did the Salahuddin visit go? How strong is his commitment? Because you offer Allen. Allen doesn't seem like the normal kind of back in terms of a bigger guy. Um, he, he's a smaller guy, but boy, is he quick. He is quick and fast, yeah. He, he uh, is you know, a 10-4, 800-meters guy. You know, he's just not going to get caught from behind. 
uh, I don't remember how big Reggie, not to compare him with Reggie Bush, but uh-huh. Reggie Bush wasn't big coming out of high school, uh, but, but got bigger, stronger, faster, and you count on that. You recruit to that. And so speed, and he has vision and a burst. You know, he sees the hole or, you know, he presses the, the, the pole and boom, he can, you know, accelerate and get to the next level. You're not going to catch him from behind. And, and so all of those things are good. And a, and a guy like that who, uh, uh, could be a change up guy to the kids you already have. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if there's a track fast kid in that group of running backs that you have right now. They're good, really good players, but can they really take the top off the defense? And that's what a guy like this gives you. And uh, and boy, can he produce? Uh, set the California single season rushing record uh, last weekend with 66 touchdowns, and still has a CIF title game to go this weekend. 116 career touchdowns. And Randy, listen to this number: 5,676 career yeah. yards. That's Isn't that amazing. And, and he's got a heck of a name. Right. <laughs> I'm always big on recruiting name guys. So Casimir Allen's a heck of a football man. Exactly. A one-time Boise State commit, uh, but since he opened it up, Wisconsin has stepped up. Uh, Cal, Arizona, I think a lot of people thought uh, Cal might be his ultimate destination. But with the SC offer coming in, you never know. You never know. When you got, uh, you know, like you always hear uh, assistant coaches at, at a lot of different schools saying, I sure hope these this guy doesn't find out about him. You know, don't tell anybody about this guy. Right. Let's keep this guy on the down low because they don't want FC to come in on him. You know, uh, and and that really, it's you know, it's like Alabama coming in on a kid that's especially in the southeast. Uh, they decide, hey, this kid has really shown us something. Not that they didn't like him, they just didn't see it until until late. And and uh, and then also, you know, they may be thinking, shoot, this is a kid that uh, has something that we need. You know, uh, uh, that, that 10, 400 meters mm-hmm. that could be, you know, 10, 200 meters and just a guy that, that, uh, uh, and he seems to, you know, have athleticism to be able to catch a football and do a lot of, and be a return guy. And so, uh, it's hard to pass up, like they always say, you can't coach speed. Uh, so that, that's something that you, you know, that's another thing you, you always want. And you, you know, make mistakes on speed, you know. Right. So all of those all those little sayings that are out there, uh, that's uh, that's where this guy fits in. But isn't this an old school recruiting process, Randy? Where you know you weren't rushing to offer kid in his sophomore year. You evaluated. You probably looked at his size and said, "Let's monitor him. We know what that speed is. So let's keep an eye on how he does." And you evaluate him through the end of his senior year, and then you make the decision to offer. There's nothing wrong with that. No. In this day and no. age, where so much of the recruiting process is sped up. Right, and, and there's only a certain number of schools that can do it that way, though. That that's uh, no you know these guys that are on this kind of that that have certain tools, but you would really like to wait and see a little bit more. You know, most of the Pac-12 and and pretty much pretty much everybody else can't do uh, what an SC can do is, no is be able to come in late and and sign a guy. It doesn't always work. But, you know, it, 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 uh, can work on a lot of different kids. So it's just, uh, uh, you know, they're in a great position. SC is in a great position. They can, they can be, uh, they can be a little bit more patient than others. Uh, and, and I still think that they're aggressive and active. Uh, 
Uh, and and that's a key to recruiting is is being aggressive and active, in my opinion. Okay, let's uh, let's go to the Taylor topic of the week, as always, to to end this podcast. And you've been having some discussions on Twitter about uh, two sport athletes. Where do you stand? Yeah, I love them, and I I think it's a shame that these kids get talked out of it. So you know, my note about it, and someone else kind of brought it up, but but my note about two sport athletes is is if if a someone is telling you that college coaches, football coaches, like one-sport athletes, is pretty much a selfish uh, uh, response on their part because college football coaches and really most sports coaches love multi-sport athletes. And and the thing, uh, it, you know, they love the athleticism of the kid. You have to take extra coaching. There's time management involved. All of those things, you know, college coaches get that uh, that a, a pitcher who's also a quarterback is going to have some delivery issues, especially in the first week or so before they come back to football. And, and so their ability to see that kid in a camp or see him in a game, and, you know, when he isn't having those kind of issues of, of recreating his throwing motion – uh, and not as long a delivery and coming off of a mound and you know all those things that the, the the spin is a little different all that kind of stuff. Uh, coaches get that. It, it's not going to hurt a kid that's a talented player. The other thing I think about that that you know kids should enjoy high school. Uh, but the you know if you're a two three sport player and love to play it play it. Don't let anyone tell you that you have to go and spend the summer playing. Uh, seven on seven football or going to this camp thing or doing this, you're not going to get signed in the summer unless you're going to a camp where a college coach can see you and eyeball you. And so be an athlete, uh, enjoy the whole high school experience and, uh, and just make sure that you make good decisions on being in front of college coaches at the right time. And, and I think it all works out, but, but uh, don't let anybody ever tell you that college coaches in football want you to concentrate on your sport. It is not true. Uh, those, are, those are good words. I re- really appreciate the uh, the fact. Enjoy your high school experience. That's uh, yeah. That's the important part. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Well, appreciate yeah. the time as always, Randy. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And uh, children will enjoy the bye week, and uh, we'll come back next week. Get ready for the Pac-12 title game. All right, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving to you and and all the all the folks that love We Are SC and uh, and all your guys over there. So thanks a lot, buddy. Take care, Randy. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye bye.